Hello, welcome in. It is your host, Alfred, for the C2C Early Line Show. This is going to be for week seven. And what we like to do is identify the early lines as they come out, talk about potential value, Uh, not necessarily laying down bets right now, but just anticipating where the line might go, identifying should you jump on this early versus later and things of that nature, just kind of to get that that value. Last week, to be honest, was not great. Most of the picks went the opposite direction than I thought would go uh, initially. some of those was UNLV, who got bumped up all the way to uh, from two and a half when I saw it, UNLV plus two and a half to uh, all the way up to, I think, four and then maybe even higher by kickoff. Uh, Washington State was plus 11 when it came out. It got bumped up to plus 13. Oklahoma was plus two and a half or four when it first came out, got bumped all the way up to seven, although there was a lot of quarterback questions there kansas plus five and a half went up to seven and i didn't want to touch that one anyway that one was never one i liked kentucky opened at 12 and a half and i thought that was something worth uh you know go ahead and lay that those points of course then eventually the will levis news came out they started a backup quarterback and ended up losing the game outright um some others that you know there was injury concerns with ecu and tulane that opened at plus three. It really never moved. Michael Pratt ended up playing the two-lane quarterback and uh, took care of business covering the three, although I did like ECU and points. Kind of to say, you know, hey, if Pratt doesn't play, you're getting some, some good value. Of course, Pratt did play, and they went on to take care of it all. Duke, you know, I liked them minus three. I thought that might go up. It kind of did fluctuate to three and a half at Georgia Tech. They lost that game outright. Now, they did get to overtime and then held Duke to a field goal where then a touchdown, they would have at least covered three um, or kicked a field goal and then had a chance to maybe to win by a touchdown later in overtime or something like that. But to be honest, I thought that game wouldn't even, I mean, overtime wouldn't even be a consideration. I thought they would just run Georgia Tech out of the woods there and Georgia Tech was game and now they've won two in a row and I, I thought that was just a terrible roster. Um, I kind of like Duke. I still think Duke's got a bright future, but they obviously have not quite got it all together right now. Uh, and Georgia Tech, interesting to see what the market will do uh, as Georgia Tech moves forward. So let's take a look. Obviously, we're here to talk about week seven. And there's some bo- uh, numbers already out on DraftKings. If more hit the board while we're talking, of course, I'll share those with you. We've got a Wednesday night Sun Belt Showdown with Louisiana Lafayette going to Marshall. This opens at plus eight and a half. I think I saw it even earlier on FanDuel at plus seven and a half. DraftKings gets it at eight and a half. Louisiana Lafayette catching eight and a half. And this is a really interesting number. Uh, you know, I the, the stats kind of show both of these teams are fairly bad. Uh, both of them tend to play more of a defensive game. Neither of them have much of an offense uh, passing attack. Um, Frankly, two defensive-minded teams that run the ball a lot. Not a whole lot to change on Louisiana Lafayette side since Napier left. You know, Marshall was probably supposed to be better. They upset Notre Dame and since then have fallen on some hard times, lost a game or two, not looking as strong as they would have. Their star running back, Rasheen Ali, I don't know when he's going to come back. Apparently, he's kind of back with the team after taking some time off, but 
still has not played. I'll tell you, eight and a half right now, gut feeling just feels high. This I think this is going to be a back and forth kind of slog it out game. Getting a full eight and a half feels a lot. I think I'd lean toward Lafayette without looking at the numbers. Both these teams not very efficient on you know on the ground or in the air on offense. And both pretty stingy on the defense. You know, it's just going to be kind of an ugly game. But imagine this total is under 50, I want to say, you know, once it comes out. So, you know, eight and a half feels like the right side right now without looking at it too, too deeper. Then you have a Thursday night game, Baylor going to West Virginia. And Baylor is laying three and a half on the road. I saw it. At, uh, the look ahead was four and a half. Or that's how it opened on FanDuel. So GK gives you three and a half to lay with Baylor at West Virginia. I kind of like that. I would I would lay points here with Baylor. It'll be interesting to see where this goes because obviously versus the look ahead versus the FanDuel line at four and a half, uh, three and a half is more favorable if you're going to lay the points. Um, we'll see if it creeps up. The, the o- offenses to me seem pretty similar, uh, whereas Baylor's defense is much better. West Virginia's defense has been pretty bad all year um so t- give me the team with the the worst unit on the field which is probably the west virginia defense um all you got to do is cover three and a half i know it's on the road but i kind of my initial feeling there is, is baylor minus three and a half feels a little light um just because there's one clear mismatch and that's just west virginia's defense can really give it to anybody and baylor's passing offense isn't terribly impressive but they're you know, they got some playmakers. Monterey Baldwin is a big play wide receiver, and they've been really efficient on the ground. I just think they, they should be able to control this game, although at West Virginia, it's always kind of a, you know, tough to see where that's, um, or, you know, it's just kind of a chaotic atmosphere with the burning couches and whatnot. Then we have UTSA at FIU. I saw this earlier on FanDuel, because FanDuel puts out lines earlier, and I usually go by DK for this show, but it was... Uh, UTSA minus 27 and a half at FIU. It's all the way up. DK looks like they opened it about minus 32. Now it's up to 33 already. This is tough. I mean, I, I'm not sure there's a high enough number. Um, you're just really, how many times can UTSA score before they just pack it up? Uh, it is at FIU. You know, will they, will they score? Will it be 42 to seven? 42 to 10, and they'll just decide I don't need to score again. Uh, FIU is so bad. I think they're a bad, a mid to bad FCS team. Like, this is just atrocious. Um, and UTSA is quite good and uh, just an electric offense. I don't know. I don't know if there's a number high enough there. Obviously, 27 half under four touchdowns would have felt really good. Now we're getting up into 33. You know, I don't usually touch lines like this, but I also am not sure you could set it high enough to, you know, you could make a case all the way up into 35, 37, 38, probably because I just, I mean, what, 40, 49 to 10? What's that? That would be 38 points or 39 points. 49, 10 feels like that's pretty reasonable. And then, you know, I thought you might score, not score at all. Here's an interesting one. Big 10 showdown, Penn State at Michigan. Both teams enjoying a, a top 10 record right now. Both teams, uh, you know, going to be fighting for that Big 10 title. Big names, historic, historic programs, going to be a nationally televised event. The look ahead here was Michigan minus 10 and a half. 
And then after Michigan kind of, you know, didn't look dominant this past weekend, uh, it's now opened at Michigan minus seven and a half. I think they're pretty significantly better than Penn State. I think their quarterback is better than Penn State. I think, you know, some of their skill positions are better than Penn State. Um, I don't know. That's a tough, tough to not lay the points of Michigan at home. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of they're teasing you there with seven and a half. I think thinking that they may get some Penn State money on plus a whole touchdown in a game that you would think is going to be defensive, etc. But, you know, Michigan was hanging around with Indiana. It was 10-10 at halftime. Uh, it was 17-10 into the fourth quarter. But then Michigan really asserted themselves, ended to be 31-10. They didn't quite cover the spread, but, you know, it was a clunky start on the road at Indiana. Indiana was game. They, you know, they showed up. They they carried it into halftime, tie game. I wonder here if Michigan is getting a little bit, you know, because the look ahead was Michigan minus 10 and a half. Did that game, and Penn State, I believe, was, was on bye. So did that game, Michigan... Uh, you know, just not looking quite as dominant against a bad Indiana team. Nobody is arguing that Indiana's bad or not terrible, you know. Uh, did, is that worth a field goal? I mean, the look at it was 10 and a half. I would lay this with Michigan. I think they're still a really good team. They're at home. Now, if this is on the road, that's a different story. But Penn State here, um, I think this could be close where you're, you're sweating it the whole game, you know, plus or minus four to seven points to 10 points any any given time in the game but you know uh michigan pulls away again at home towards the end of that game i think could be the difference there if i had to pick right now i would say i would lay seven and a half with michigan especially just i mean that it's that like look ahead line value i mean did that is, is, did michigan lose a field goal of spread because they were kind of clunky for a half and then dominated the second half against indiana I, I don't think that's worth a, a field goal down the spread. Um, all right, let's keep going. Ooh, Old Dominion at Coastal Carolina came out. That's new since I was looking before. Coastal Carolina is uh, minus 10 and a half. Uh, I think I'd lay that just on first guess. I mean, I'm just, I haven't looked at numbers. I haven't really looked at updated stats and metrics, but just Coastal Carolina, I don't know. I think they're still con- getting a little disrespected because their defense is kind of bad. But Old Dominion doesn't scare me on the offensive side of the ball at all. And I think Coastal Carolina can tear through really any defense in, in the Sun Belt. Um, so I, I would, I mean, my gut feeling says lay the 10 and a half there. <clears throat> then we have, let's see what some other interesting ones. California minus 14 at Colorado just came in. I'd lay two touchdowns against Colorado. Colorado is truly one of the worst teams in FBS. Um, and I think Cal's kind of good. Again, these are just gut feelings. I've watched these teams. I've followed them all year long. Two touchdowns seems light for California at Colorado. Uh, basically, I don't, I'm not sure there's, there's, I mean, maybe, I mean, Colorado maybe is a pick against FIU. No, Colorado would beat FIU. Um, let's see. Kansas plus seven and a half at Oklahoma. I guess we're assuming Dylan Gabriel plays. That seems like a weird line. Are we still going to just disrespect Kansas? I mean, hey, they were right in that game against TCU. TCU ended up covering the spread right at seven-point victory. But 
This Kansas team is good. I mean, they're good. They're good. They're a quality team. I guess Kansas may not have their quarterback, and Oklahoma may be getting Dylan Gabriel back. I'm not sure the status on Jalen Daniels. So that could be – there's a lot of quarterback questions in that one. Probably not worth touching right now. I mean, if Dylan Gabriel plays and Jason Bean is the quarterback for Kansas, I would lean probably playing those with Oklahoma. But, man, their defense is bad. Kansas could probably still control the game on the ground, um, even without Jalen Daniels. So that one is worth watching. Auburn at Ole Miss – Ole Miss minus 15. I mean, I guess that's probably about right. I don't I don't know. Auburn's a dumpster fire. Ole Miss is pretty good. If I had to pick, I'd probably lay the points with Ole Miss there. And that probably gets up a little bit higher, I would imagine. Uh, you know, Ole Miss just put a 58 on Vandy. Uh, although that game was close in the first half. Vandy was actually leading for a little while uh, in the first half there. But I don't, I mean, Auburn's just, I don't know. On the road, is Auburn going to come to play on the road? I, I don't think I would be. I mean, I definitely wouldn't take the points with Auburn. If anything, that's lay it with Ole Miss and hope they just, you know, blow them out. All right, some more coming through here. Washington minus 15 and a half at home facing Arizona. Uh, who really started the season interesting and then kind of hasn't, hasn't really um, – uh, lived up to that first few games. I think they're they're starting to kind of fade away. I mean, Oregon just beat them 49-22. But, uh, you know, I don't know what this Washington team is. I thought they were – I mean, they just went and lost outright to Arizona State, who's not good. So that's that's tough. Do they come home, lick their wounds, and, and perform well at home? I think that's probably more likely than not, but I don't think I'm laying 15 and a half there. Let's see some other uh, kind of marquee games here. San Jose State minus five at Fresno. I don't know the update on Jake Hayner. I would imagine he's still out. I, I think he might be out for a while, in which case I don't think you can touch Fresno State with their current quarterback situation uh, without Jake Hayner. Illinois plus three and a half at home facing Minnesota. I'd take Illinois plus three and a half right now without even looking at one number. They're playing well. They're at home. You know, I Minnesota's. I mean, these are both two teams that are playing pretty good and and going to potentially challenge for their side of the Big Ten. I think that's a pretty underrated game. That's actually a really, really good looking game. Illinois just beat Iowa nine to six. Minnesota was on bye, but these are two, five and one Illinois team hosting four and one Minnesota. Uh, this is like big, big deal in the West Division of the Big Ten. Um, you know. Illinois is two and one in conference now. Minnesota one and one. Golly, I will take Iowa or sorry, I will take Illinois catching a hook. I really like that at home. I really like that. Um, almost fishy. Like that almost just seems like do they want us to? Are they baiting us to? Do they want all this money to come in on Illinois here? Because man, that seems too juicy. That'll have to come down. It just I just can't understand getting the hook at home. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Illinois. Um, Texas minus 14, hosting Iowa State next week with Quinn, U Quinn Ewers. I mean, this is a totally different ball club. I, I don't love laying these kind of two touchdown spreads, but, you know, I can't, I wouldn't back Iowa State there. Nebraska at Purdue. Purdue minus 11 here after a huge, huge win. 
at Maryland in a back-and-forth game. Aiden O'Connell looks kind of back to his former self here. Uh, you know, I'm I'm all for fading Nebraska, you know, kind of forever. They barely beat Rutgers in a game that Rutgers led. Uh, for a good majority of the game, Rutgers led that. I mean, Nebraska did not score in the first half. They did not lead. They took the lead with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, Rutgers' offense just lead, just impossibly ugly they couldn't come back and even kick a field goal but nebraska's not good at all um i think Purdue's defense is pro- probably about as good as the defense they just faced in rutgers and their offense is obviously light years better i would lay those points with purdue without really worrying about it i mean i'm just i'm still in full fate of nebraska pretty much all right we should wrap this thing up any other big oh yeah i mean huge line here alabama at tennessee this was nine and a half in the look ahead. I actually already grabbed nine and a half. It's seven and a half right now. Reopened at seven. I know it's moved to seven and a half now. Bama catching the, you know, laying the touchdown and a, and a half there. Um, but I, I, Stucky, a really well-known kind of better uh, for the Action Network, just tweeted out, like, lay those points. It's going to be Bryce Young uh, back. And so if that's the case, this should definitely be 10 or more. I mean, you know, Tennessee's been really good, really impressive. Their offense looks really good, but I just, this is a totally different animal, this Bama defense. And, um, you know, I think Alabama, this is the kind of thing Alabama is going to rise to this occasion. Game day is going to be there. Like, this is what Alabama is made for. And I think, you know, even though they were a bit clunky against Texas A&M with their backup quarterback, like, I just think this game is going to be a totally different game. And uh, I'm still back in Alabama um, pretty confidently. I mean, I don't know. Hendon Hooker can, like, put his name potentially into, like, first round of the NFL draft if he comes out and lights up Alabama and Tennessee wins. Like, there, there's a huge stakes in this game, I think, both for individual players, for SEC outcome. Uh, this, you know, this is a huge, huge game. Is Tennessee for real? Is Josh Heupel for real? The thing with Josh Heupel is I, I think his offense is a bit simplistic, and I think Saban's going to have an answer. Um, and Tennessee's defense is pretty bad, uh, honestly. So I think I think Alabama runs away with this one, but um, I'm still laying those points. And then we have Oklahoma State at TCU. Another pretty big game here uh, in terms of Big 12. What's going to happen in the Big 12? You've got – I know that TCU is undefeated, and you've got undefeated Oklahoma State – I would lean TCU here. Um, they were a pick in the look ahead. TCU now minus three. I think that went the right way, uh, how it should go. And I'm pretty happy I got them at uh, basically, uh, I think, minus one before this weekend. Although TCU is coming off a pretty big, you know, hard-earned victory at Kansas. Um, you know, so it's hard. You know, you get, you get in season here. Are we going to see any letdown spots? I do think that there's a chance – that uh, you know TCU is in letdown spot, but Oklahoma State just had a huge, uh, hard-fought win against Texas Tech. I mean, it's just week in, week out. These are tough games. You got to be mentally strong to stay to stay focused here. Uh, ooh, interesting one. Maryland at Indiana. Maryland laying ten at Indiana. Coming off a heartbreaker. Coming off a heartbreaker at home, losing to Purdue. I, just, I mean, Indiana's bad. I don't know. Are they getting any credit for what they did to, to Michigan? They're going to be exhausted after that Michigan game. Uh, some of these brutal teams to play like your michigans your georgias your ohio state you know let down afterwards 
is expected. I think I'd I think I'd lay those ten with Maryland. Um, okay, let's see, and then I think the last one we'll say these. Oh, yeah, there's a lot more coming in here, but you know we like to keep this a little bit shorter. Let's see, there's two or three here worth talking about. I think so. Um, Kent State catching eight and a half at Toledo. And I think this is directly reflected on what just happened. You know, Kent State went and lost at Miami of Ohio. I was on Kent State minus five and a half. They lost outright. Toledo just took care of business and walloped their opponent last week. Um, let me get that name for you. I can't remember exactly who it was. One, that's great radio here. Uh, walloped Northern Illinois, 52-32. And that game really wasn't even as close as 52-32. I mean, it's 45-7 before Northern Illinois put up a bunch of basically meaningless points in the fourth quarter. So that was 45-7. Toledo looks great. They have a great quarterback, at least as far as G5 goes. I still think I'd take Kent State in the points here. Um, I just think they're a good team. I think Kent State is still going to challenge for the MAC championship. And I would take Kent State in the points here, although it is a tough task probably at Toledo. And then we got to talk about Clemson at FSU. This line was uh, a look ahead last week was five. It's still sitting. Clemson minus five and a half at FSU. Uh, what do you think? FS, do you think FSU is good? That's really the question. You know, they've now dropped two in a row at ACC after riding high. I kind of would lay the points with Clemson here. I mean, FSU's defense isn't very good. Their offense is efficient and good, but they're going to run into the buzzsaw of the Clemson defense. Um, you know, will FSU have a gut check here? Or are they going to fall apart? You know, they were riding high, and now they've lost two ACC matchups in a row. Are they going to fall apart? That is a good question to ask yourself. Just kind of where's this team's heads at? They're coming back home, but it's Clemson. Uh, you could also argue, hey, this is their Super Bowl. This is their Super Bowl as it comes in now. Um, potentially still fighting for an a ACC berth in the title game as well. So will they write the ship? That I don't know. I would still lean Clemson here. Less than a touchdown, I would not have a huge problem. You know, Clemson's proven me wrong a little bit. I was saying that I backed them. Uh, I would take the dog plus seven against Clemson uh, all day long. I didn't care who the dog was. I think Clemson's turning my opinion a little bit, and we're not even having to lay a full seven. We're laying five and a half. I have no problem there. And then Kentucky with the backup quarterback looked terrible, lost outright to South Carolina. I don't know what the Will Levis situation is now. This was one and a half. Uh, look ahead, Mississippi State minus one and a half. Look ahead, and now it's at Kentucky getting plus six. If their backup QB is playing, you probably still lay the points. Even if Levis is in, I still like Mississippi State, maybe not minus six. I like it way back when I took it at minus one and a half. So um, that's a tough one. The Levis situation is obviously going to have to play out throughout the week. And then here's a really interesting one, almost, you know, just a fishy, fishy line here. But USC, a, put, a field goal dog at Utah, who just, you know, kind of fell apart this past week. And I don't know if Utah's the team we thought they were I mean they're just they just lost to UCLA 42-32 and I don't think it was really that close um UCLA kind of just controlled the game for most of it. it's 42-25 and uh Utah scored on a pick six at the very end of the game with one minute left to make it 42-32 so 42-25 they were just in hand I mean they kind of had this game in hand UCLA 
Uh, basically, did they never trail? I don't think they ever trailed. UCLA never trailed in this game. It was a you know three-point game in the fourth quarter, but then they scored, UCLA scored two more touchdowns. They kind of just seemed to control the game. Um, and now Utah is going to go back home. And will USC travel? They are looking fantastic and had another game where uh, I don't think they had a turnover. Um, USC just is playing really safe football. Their defense is forcing turnovers. That's been kind of the story this year. But I would take plus money on, on USC money line. I mean, that's that just seems foolish not to. Yes, it could be a trap game, but... Are they going to overlook a number 11 Utah at Utah? Like, I just, they're not going to overlook this game. This is probably a game that was circled on the schedule. Uh, even in the beginning, they got a bye week after, so there's no imminent game. Then they've got Arizona, California, Colorado, UCLA at the end of the year, which may determine the Pac-10 side of things, and then Notre Dame to finish the season. Like, there's no, unless they just are like, you know, they just want to get in, get out, and go on their bye, but like, this team has national title hopes. I don't see them like having a lapse in focus here at Utah with a bye week and a bunch of crappy games after that. Like, I, you know, unless they're like, oh, we can coast until UCLA, but I would imagine, hey, we got to go take care of Vincent at Utah and then take a breath. But you never know what 18 year old kids are going to do. But you would think that this is a let's give it one last hurrah, play our best, and then you know, a little bit of a breather stretch. And maybe there's a letdown game at Arizona coming out of the bye, but I'm not sure I would have any problem getting plus money on this money line. So there you go. I think those are the most of the games that we're going to be looking at here. Um, all right. And so that's the early line show. Thanks for sticking with us. Go to campus for all of your college football needs.